Chapter 16 of War This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlock of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. War by Pierre Loti. Translated by Marjorie Lowry. Chapter 16 The Inn of the Good Samaritan August 1915 In spite of the kindly welcome which the visitor receives and a wholesome spirit of gaiety which never fails, it is an inn that I cannot honestly recommend without reserve. In the first place it is somewhat difficult of access so much so that ladies are never admitted. To climb up to it, for it is perched very high, the traveller must need make his way for hours through ancient forests which the axe had spared until a very few months ago, along unknown paths winding at steep gradients among giant trees, pines or larches felled yesterday, which still lie about in all directions paths that are concealed by close-growing greenery with such jealous care that in the few open spaces occurring here and there trees have been planted right into the ground trees uprooted elsewhere and which are here only to hide the wayfarer behind their dying branches it may be supposed that on the neighboring hills sharp eyes, unfriendly eyes, are watching, which necessitate all these precautions. But there are many people on the road through those forests, which seem at first sight virgin, viewing from the little distance all these mountains covered with the same strong growth of forest, so luxuriant and everywhere so alike in appearance, who would imagine that they sheltered whole tribes, and such strange tribes, evidently survivors of an entirely prehistoric race of men, and in the anomalous position of having no women folk, here are nothing but men, and men all dressed alike, with a singular fancy for uniformity, in old, faded, woolen, grey coats of horizon blue. They have not paid much attention to their hair or beards, and they have almost the appearance of brigands, except that they all have such pleasant faces and such kindly smiles for the wayfarer that they inspire no terror. So far from this he is tempted rather to stop and shake hands with them. But what curious little dwellings they have built, some isolated, some grouped together into a village some of them are quite lightly constructed of planks of wood and are covered over with branches of pine and within are mattresses of leaves that serve for beds some are underground grim as caves of troglodytes and the approach to them is protected by huge masses of rock doubtless their defence against formidable wild beasts haunting the neighbourhood and these dwellings are always close to one of the innumerable streams of clear water which rush down, babbling from the heights among pink flowers and mosses. For these miniature waterfalls are many, and all these mountains are full of the pleasant music of running water, 
from time to time to be sure other sounds are heard hollow sounds of evil import detonations on the right or the left which the echoes prolong can it be that there is artillery concealed almost everywhere throughout the forest what want of taste thus to disturb the symphony of the springs they have probably just arrived here these savage tribes dressed in grayish blue they are recent settlers for all their arrangements are new and improvised and so likewise is the interminable winding road which they had laid out and which today our motor cars with the help of a little good will managed to climb so rapidly one of the peculiarities of these hidden villages which crouch in the shade of the lofty forest trees is that each has its own cemetery tenderly cared for so close that it almost borders on the dwellings as if the living were anxious not to sever their comradeship with the dead but how comes it that death is so frequent among these limpid streams in a region where the air is so invigorating and so pure these tombs so disquieting in their disproportionate numbers are ranged in rows all with the same humble crosses of wood they have borders of ferns carefully watered or of little pebbles well selected flowers such as thrive in shady places and are common in these parts shoot up their pretty pink spikes all around and the whole scene is steeped in the green translucent twilight which envelops the whole mountain the twilight of these unchanging trees pines and larches stretching away into infinity crowded together like wheat in a field tall and straight like gigantic masts in our haste to reach that inn of the good samaritan which is our destination we keep on climbing at a rapid pace notwithstanding acute angle corners where our cars have to back before they can effect the turn and other awkward places where our cars slip on the wet soil skid and come to a stop these tribes so primitive in appearance through whose midst we have been travelling since the morning seem to be concentrating their energies especially on making these roads which one would think cannot really be necessary to their simple mode of existence in our onward course we meet nearly all these men working with might and main with axes shovels stakes and picks hurrying as if the task were urgent they stand erect for a moment to salute us smiling a little with touching and respectful familiarity and then they bend down again to their arduous work leveling enlarging timbering or digging out roots that are in the way and rocks that encroach and when we were told that it is scarcely ten months since they began this exhausting work in the midst of forest virgin hitherto we are fain to believe that all the genii of the mountains have roused themselves and lent their magic help oh what tribute of admiration mingled with emotion do we owe to these men likewise the builders of roads our gallant territorials 
who seem to be playing at wild men of the woods they have revived for us the miracles of the roman legions who so speedily opened up roads for their armies through the forests of gaul thanks to their prodigious labor performed without a break without a murmur the conditions of warfare in this region only yesterday still inaccessible will be radically changed for the benefit of our dear soldiers everything will reach them on the heights ten times more expeditiously than before arms avenging shells rations and in a few hours the seriously wounded will be gently driven down in carriages to comfortable field hospitals in the plains roughly speaking at an altitude of about fourteen or fifteen hundred meters the ancient forest with its arching trees ends abruptly the sky is deep blue above our heads and infinite horizons unfold around us their great spectacular display of elusive images the air is very clear and pure today in honor of our arrival and it is so marvelously transparent that we miss no detail of the most distant landscapes we are told that we have reached the plateau where stands that hospitable inn it is however not yet in sight but the plateau itself where it is situated in which country of the world in the foreground around us and below nothing is visible except summits uniformly wooded with trees of the same species this brings back to mind those great monstrous expanses of forest which must have covered the entire earth in the beginning of our geological period but it is characteristic of no particular country or epoch of history in the distance it is true there are signs of a more tell-tale nature thus yonder on the horizon that succession of mountains all mantled with the same dark verdure bears a close resemblance to the black forest that chain of glaciers over there silhouetting so clearly against the horizon its ridges of rosy crystal might well be taken for the alps and that peak in particular is too strikingly like the jungfrau to admit any doubt but i may not be more definite in my description i will merely say that those bluish plains in the east rolling away at our feet like a great sea were but lately french and are now about to become french once more how spacious is this plateau and how naked it stands among all those other summits mantled with trees here there is not even brushwood for doubtless the winter winds rage too fiercely here nothing grows but short thick grass and little stunted plants with insignificant flowers it is ecstasy to breathe here in this delicious intoxication of pure air and of spaciousness and light and yet there is some vague sense of tragedy about the place due perhaps to those great round holes freshly made to those cruel clefts with which here and there the earth is rent what can have fallen here from the sky leaving such scars on the level surface we are warned moreover that monstrous birds of a very dangerous kind with iron muscles 
often come and hover about overhead in that fair blue sky and from time to time a cannon shot from some invisible battery comes to disturb the impressive silence and reverberates in the valleys below and then comes long drawn out the whirring of a shell like a flight of partridges going past we notice some french soldiers alpine chasseurs or cavalry on their horses scattered in groups about this plain as it may be called situated in such an altitude at this moment all lift their heads and look in the same direction this is because one of those great dangerous birds has just been signalled it is flying proudly remote in the open sky in the clear blue but immediately it is pursued by white clouds quite miniature clouds which give the effect of being created instantaneously only to vanish as quickly little explosions of white cotton wool one might say and it seems impossible that they should be freighted with death however that evil bird has understood he is aware that good marksmen are aiming at him and he turns back on hasty wing while our soldiers gaily burst out laughing and the inn it lies just in front of us a few hundred paces away it is that grayish hut with its gay tricolored floating on the light breeze of these altitudes but near it stands a very lofty cross of pine wood four or five yards high stretching out its arms as in solemn warning the fact is i must admit that people die very frequently at this inn of the good samaritan or in its neighborhood and it is for this reason that in the beginning i recommend it with reserve it is surprising is it not in such health-giving air but the truth of it is indisputable and it has been necessary hurriedly to attach to it a cemetery whose existence this tall cross of pine proclaims from afar to travellers yes many men die here but they die so nobly a death of all deaths most desirable each according to his own temperament according to the nature of his soul some in the calm serenity of duty done others in magnificent exaltation but all in glory can this be the famous inn in other words the dwelling of those officers who command this outpost and where their friends on rare and brief visits liaison officers bearers of dispatches etc are sure of finding such cordial and genial hospitality this modest hutting built of planks so it is and that there may be no mistake there is an imposing signboard in the fashion of old times shaped like a shield it hangs from an iron rod and bears the inscription inn of the good samaritan the legend is painted in ornamental letters and the humour of it is irresistible among such crusoe-like destitution doubtless one day some officer in especially happy mood thought of this jest as a welcome for comrades coming thither on special duty naturally he found at once among his men one who was a carpenter and another a decorator in civil life 
both very much amused at being ordered to put this unpremeditated idea forthwith into execution the furniture of the inn is very rough and ready if the truth be told and the walls of plank just shelters you from the snow or rain but from the wind hardly and from shells not at all but one fills one's lungs to the full with the air that reaches one through the little windows and from the threshold looking downwards there is a marvellous bird's-eye view of great forests of an unending chain of glaciers clear as crystal of unbounded distances and even over the tops of clouds ah well all along the battle-front there are such inns of the good samaritan these others are perched less high and they do not bear the same name indeed very often they have no name at all but in all of them prevails the same spirit of kindly hospitality firm confidence smiling endurance and cheerful sacrifice here as there between two showers of shells men are capable of amusing themselves with childish trifles so stout of heart are they and if access were not forbidden on military grounds i would invite all pessimists in the background who have doubts of france and of her destiny to come here for a cure and now having seen the inn let us pay a pious visit to the annex the inevitable annex alas around the wooden cross which dominates it is a piece of ground enclosed with an open fence made of boughs of larch artistically intertwined within its bounds these tombs too numerous already preserve something of a military aspect ranged as they are in such correct alignment and all with the same little crosses adorned with a wreath of greenery the cross in spite of all infidelity denial scorn the cross still remains the sign to which a tender instinct of atavism recalls us at the approach of death there is not a tree not a shrub for none grow here on the ground there is only short grass that grows upon this wind-swept plateau an attempt has been made to be sure to make borders of certain stunted plants found in the neighborhood but rows of pebbles last best and in five weeks or so thick shrouds of snow will begin to cover up everything until another spring succeeds the snows and the grass grows green again in the midst of still deeper oblivion nevertheless let us not pity them for they have had the better part these young dead who rest there on the glorious mountain top which is destined to become once more after the war a solitude ineffably calm high above forest valley and plain end of chapter 16